Good evening, Westover. We're so delighted that you're here. Whether you're joining us in the house or joining us online, welcome home. We're glad you're here. Tonight, I have the great privilege of leading us in parent-child dedications. And we do this periodically throughout the year to give parents the opportunity to not only dedicate themselves to the Lord, but also dedicate their children unto the Lord. I'm going to be sharing from a passage today where we get this idea of dedicating children unto the Lord. And this is something that God wants us to do. But before I get into our message today, I want to share with you a handful of things that I wish people would have told me before I became a parent. There's some things that I wish people would have told me, and I want to share them with you today. Number one, to your kids, sleep doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Whether they're crying in the middle of the night when they're infants, or if you've ever had your five-year-old son, they're like five inches away from your face in the middle of the night, and they say, Dad, are you awake? And you get scared. I don't know if any of you have experienced that. It, it's terrifying. But to them, sleep is extraneous. It's optional for you and I. The second thing is that kids, they actually have spiritual gifts. They're a little different than the traditional spiritual gifts that you and I think about. They have the ability to gripe and complain and annoy their sibling. They have spiritual gifts and they use them liberally. Also, the third thing is that diapers and formula cost a fortune. They cost a fortune. And so if any of you are wanting to be parents in the next five years, you need to start saving today. Start saving your money today because it's going to cost you a whole lot. The other thing that I wish parents would have told me ahead of time is that your kids turn you into your parents. Yes, that's right. It, whether you like it or not, they're going to turn you into your parents. And so I want to ask the parents if you'd help me out a little bit. There's a couple of statements that I found myself saying and that I think you will find yourself completing for me. So here's the first one. When your child is running, you say, walk, stop, running. The second one is when your child's at the table, you often find yourself telling them, eat everything on your plate. The third one, I heard this from my parents all the time. I thought they were being unfair, but now I understand. They would say, money doesn't grow on And finally, and finally, this is something I never thought I would say. I'd never say to my kids. This is what I said in my own heart when I was growing up. Do it because I... That's right. Your kids, they turn you into your parents. Congratulations. You are now your parents. Parenting is fun. It's fulfilling, it's frustrating, but what I've discovered is that we have someone who's there to journey with us, and that is the Lord. And so today I want to share with you on the topic of raising kids committed to Christ. How can we raise kids that are committed to Jesus Christ? And so I want to invite you to join me in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. This is going to be the text for tonight. But before I get into the text, I want to set a little bit of the scene for us to help us understand what's happening in this in this book of the Bible. At the very beginning of this chapter, we encounter a lady by the name of Hannah. Now, Hannah, she is married, and she's been married for a number of years, and she has a desire in her heart to be a mom. And she's been praying for a child for years and years and years, but she is barren. She's unable to have kids. 
And in those days, if you were a married woman and you couldn't have children, you were considered a second-rate woman. You were considered a second-rate woman among the women of the community. And so it just so happens that on this specific day, she shows up at the temple with anguish in her heart because she wants to be a mom. And this is where we pick up the story of Hannah. So I want to invite you, join me, 1 Samuel chapter number 1. And if you have your Westover app, feel free to open it up. We have notes there available for you. So join me in verse number 10. Let's read together. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will, be ever, will ever be used on his head. Verse 20 tells us what happens. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Verse 27 tells us, she goes to the temple and this is what she says, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. Verse 28, so now I give him to the Lord for his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. For you see, Hannah had a desire for a child and so she cried out to the Lord. But one of the things that she did that's very instructive to all of us as parents And this is the big idea for tonight's message is this, is that God gives us children so that we can give them back to him. God entrusts children to us and he expects us to give them back to him. And I want you to root and ground everything that we discuss tonight in this this fact that God wants us to give back our children to him. And so today I want to share with you three decisions... Three decisions to raise kids that are committed to Christ. Decision number one, give them to God. Give them to God. Verse 28 says, so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, I will, he will be given over to the Lord. I want you to notice in this verse that she just didn't say, I give him to God for just a season or for just a moment or just for when he's 10 years old or or up to 15 years old, she says, I give him to the Lord for all of his life. Because she realized something. She realized that our children are not our own. They actually belong to God. They don't belong to us. They are on loan to us from the Lord. Psalm 24 verse 1 actually tells us and exemplifies this fact. This is what it says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world is and all who live in it. What this means is that our children belong to the Lord. And what that does, that helps us realize that we are, we are stewards, not owners of the children that God gives to us. We are stewards, not owners. And what is a steward? A steward is someone who manages the affairs of someone else. They are subservient, they are responsible, they are accountable to an owner. They are someone who fulfills the requests and desires of the owner. For example, let's just imagine for a moment that I am a bank manager. And I happen to work at the bank that you use for your business. And you come in one day and you deposit $100. 
and you entrust that money to me and to my team. You expect me as the bank manager to appropriately assign the money to your bank account. That money does not belong to me. It belongs to you. And I am responsible for stewarding your money appropriately and to make it available to you whenever you need to spend it, if you want to save it or you want to invest it. I don't determine what happens to that money. You do. You are the owner. In the same way, our children belong to the Lord. We are just stewards. And I want parents to realize today that God has a better plan and a better purpose for your children. He has something in store for them. And if we're willing to just trust him to be the owner of our kids and our students, we will see him do great and amazing things in their life. If we're just willing to say, God, you are the owner. I am the steward. I am accountable to you. I'm willing to do your will and your purpose and fulfill all that you have entrusted to me so that they can become all that you expect them to become. This is God's desire for us. He has a plan and a purpose, parents, and he expects us to steward our children effectively because ultimately they belong to him. And I just want to pause and I want to speak to those of you, whether you're here in the house or joining us, that if you have a desire in your heart to have a child... I want to challenge you to pray the prayer of Hannah and say, God, if you will give us a child, we will entrust them to you for all of their life and we will be good stewards and we will be accountable to you and we would steward them appropriately so they become all that he desires, all that you desire for them to become. If you are yearning for a child in your life, be willing to pray Hannah's prayers. God hears those prayers and he will answer them. Number two, the second decision that Hannah made that she challenges us to make is to raise them right. Raise them right. Verse 11 says, no razor will ever be used on his head. Now, some of you may be saying, Pastor, what does that really mean? Well, to to help us understand a little bit, we need to understand a little bit about ancient Hebrew culture. In the Hebrew culture, there was a specific religious order called the Nazarites. And that word Nazarite actually means people who are set apart. These were people who looked and lived differently than everyone else in the Jewish context. They did not cut their hair, they did not drink alcohol, and they did not touch dead things. In effect, they were set apart for God's service. And I want us to know that God wants to set apart a generation for himself and for his service. He's wanting to raise up a generation. And so the children that you hold in your hands or the children that are seated beside you or the children that are in kids ministry or in student ministry, God is wanting to set them apart for himself. But it requires us as parents to decide that we're going to raise them right. And it requires some of us to say no to some things. She was willing to say no razor will touch his head. And some of us as parents, we need to draw a line in the sand and say no. No, you will not do this. We need to say no to some friendships. Some of the people that are in the lives of your kids and your students are not their friends. They're what you call frenemies. They act like friends, but they're actually enemies. And they may be nice, but the way those kids and students are living their life will derail your kids and your students 
off of God's plan. Here's, here's what I've heard people say. Tell me your friends and I'll tell you your future. Who their friends are, in part, will determine what their future is. And some of us parents, we need to say no to some friendships. Some of us, we need to say no to unrestricted time online. Some of us, we need to set boundaries on what our kids do online, what they watch on TV, what, what social media uh, apps they use, uh, the, the movies, the things that they do on their phones and on their tablets. Some of us have got to be willing to say no to some things. Now listen to this. In 1921, the Nobel Peace Prize winner said this. This is 1921. He said, technology is a useful servant, but a dangerous master. Useful servant, but a dangerous master. His words could not be more right for our context today. And some of us, we have not been careful. I'm not here to chide you, but we need to get our eye back on what our children and our teens are doing online And we we need to make sure that they are not mastered by technology. That they are not controlled by technology. We've got to be willing to say no to some things with regards to technology. And thirdly, some of us, we need to say no to disrespect. Some of us, we need to cultivate an allergy to disrespect. My parents, my parents had an allergy to disrespect. And it just so happened one day, I forget what I said, but I said something with an attitude and I said something to my mom. And my mom decided that uh, she wasn't all about that. And so she decided that I needed, that my mouth needed to be cleaned. And so she washed my mouth out with soap. And I discovered that day that while Irish spring smells great, it tastes like sadness and misery. I discovered that. They had an allergy to disrespect. And some of us as parents, we've got to be willing to say no to the disrespect that our children. Parents, we need to decide to be different. We don't need to be weird, but we need to decide to be different. We need to say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will be a people set apart. We will be people that will abide by the gospel. We will read the Bible. We will pray. We will be people who are set apart for God's service. This is what God desires for us as families. And these are the two of the decisions that Hannah made. And these two decisions led to the third decision that she made in her life. And so I want to invite you to turn to chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. We're going to look at verses 11, 21, and 26. And the third decision that she made is is she brought him to God's house. We as parents must choose to bring our children to God's house. Verse 11 says this, Then Elkanah, who was Samuel's father went back home to Ramah. But the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. He was in the house of God. And him being in the house of God produced what we see in verse 21. Verse 21 says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. When we bring our children, our kids, our students into church, they experience the presence of the Lord. And then verse 26 tells us what ends up happening when we bring our children into the presence of the Lord. It says in verse 26, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. God's presence changes our kids' experience. Parents, bring them to God's house often. God's presence shapes children's preferences. And to help us illustrate this, I want to tell you a little bit about my abuelita. For those of you who don't know Spanish, that's the word for grandmother. My 
grandmother, Mama Nene, was your typical Mexican grandmother. You'd walk into her house and you were welcomed with the smell and the aroma of delicious food. And so you'd sit down and she would serve you food because that's her way of expressing love. And so you'd eat and eat and eat and then she would come up to you and she would ask you, you want some more? And you say, no, no, no. And she'd say, comete un poco más, which means eat a little more. And you say, no, 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 grandma, I've had enough, I'm full. And she'd say, eres delgado. She'd say, you're skinny. Now, I, don't, I know that doesn't reflect right now, but uh, when I was younger, I was skinny. So she'd say, mijito, you need to eat more. And so what am I to do? Am I going to deny her? No, I would eat some more. And I remember the things that she would serve. She would serve arroz con pollo, which is chicken and rice. She would make tortillas de harina, which are homemade flour tortillas. And I can tell you, uh, my wife knows this. I'm a bit of a tortilla snob. I, I hate to admit it, but, but not all tortillas are the same. And my grandmother would make the tortillas. And uh, I can even hear in my, in my mind the, the rhythmic click, 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 click of her ring as she was moving along the the rolling pin, rolling out the tortillas, and she was a tortilla ninja. When I was a little kid, I would stand right next to the stove and she'd put the tortilla down and then she'd flip it with her hand. And I remember looking up above, looking at the little orno, the pan, and watching her flip that and just being mesmerized. But the whole, the best part of it was that she would serve them hot and she'd put a little small square of butter on it. And if you've never had a tortilla with butter, Oh, it'll make your tongue dance. It's delicious. It's wonderful. You're right there with me. You know. You know. But it didn't stop there. It gets even better because she would make dessert. And one of the things that she would make are called polvorones. They're Mexican wedding cookies. And they are manna from heaven. Oh, they're so delicious. They're flaky and crumbly. You put them in your mouth. They're liberally covered with powdered sugar. You put them in and they're so delicious. Being in my grandmother's presence shaped my food preferences. Being in God's presence will shape the preferences that your children have. Being in God's presence will allow them to experience spirit-filled worship and preaching and teaching that is centered and grounded in God's word. And they will encounter friends and they will connect in healthy Christ-centered relationships That's God's desire because God's presence shapes children's preferences. And when they are old, they will return back to it. This is what Psalms 34, 8 says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants to shape their spiritual palate with his presence so that they will abide with him all of their life so that they will remain connected to Him when things get difficult. We want you to bring them to church. This is why we want your kids and your students in kids and student ministry. Because they will receive a message that's tailor-made for them. They will sing songs with friends and worship the Lord. They will create friendships that connect them to other people that believe just like they do. This is also why we want to encourage you to send your kids to kids camp kids camp and kids camp junior or or have them come to the student conference because we want to provide them with an opportunity to experience the presence and the power of the holy spirit because it will change their preferences forever 
God wants to do this. And Hannah's example, she gives us a, a brilliant example about how to raise kids that will be committed to Christ for all of their lives. Now at this time, I'm going to step into our moment of dedicating children to the Lord. And I'm going to be calling the names of the children that are going to be dedicated tonight. And parents, as you come forward, I'm going to have you start at the center and work your way outward. You'll start at the center, and right when you come up, you'll actually turn and face the audience. So let me start with the names. The first child being dedicated today is Moses Alexander Arguello. Matthias Carlos Baladez. Elsie Adia Emofi Bashonga. Adrian Bonock. Bondock. Ezra Anthony Cardenas. Liam Anthony Andrew Cardenas. Milani Rose Clements. Elijah Correa, Delilah Ontiveros, and Leilani Ontiveros. Penelope Cade Cuellar, Easton Charles Valadez. Luke Alexander De Luna. Michael Danger Donis. Isn't that a great middle name? Kathleen Rose Forbes. Ian Alexander Garcia. Javen A. Garcia and Julian A. Garcia. Arthur J. Gonzalez III and Ariel Brianna Gonzalez. Jalen Gutierrez. Matthew Edward Guzman. Oliver Hernandez. Grayson Nathaniel Lugo. Thaddea Willone G. Manaloto. Aislin Rian Martinez. Bethany Taylor Miranda and Lauren Olivia Miranda. Jake Evan Orta and Tristan Cash Orta. Michael Ezekiel Ponce and Olivia Nageli Ponce. Connor 
Andrew Rainey. Sadie J. Resendez. Angel Jeremiah Rodriguez and Gabriel Alexander Mora Lopez and Valerie Lizette Lopez. Audrey Ruiz. Teo Tomas Sandoval. And Grace Olivia Seibert. Now, parents, I want to invite you to turn and face me. The children you hold in your hand are a gift from the Lord. And I celebrate this. Look, congregation, look at this. This is the blessing of the Lord. And we're here to celebrate with you. And the card that you've received in your hand entitles you to a gift bag that we have for you. And I want to share with you what we've put together for you to celebrate this moment, to commemorate this moment of you deciding to dedicate your children unto the Lord. That card, what you'll use is you'll use it at the end of service. You'll go down to our kids' check-in area and you'll turn that card in and they will give you this gift bag. And in this gift bag, what we have for you, first of all, is a certificate commemorating this moment. So it's something, it's a keepsake for you to hold on to. You can frame it. You can give it to your children when they are older. The second thing that we have for them is a letter. This is a letter from me to you. Me to them, actually. And I want to invite you to hold on to this letter. Save it till they're 13 years old. This letter is challenging them to chase after God and to fully, to fully become part of his family. And in this letter, I actually provide a verse to encourage them. And it reminds them of this moment. It's Psalm 139, 16, which basically says that every day that God had ordained for them was written in a book even before one of them came to be. And that God has a plan and a purpose for them. The other thing that we have there available for you is a Bible. We have a child's Bible that's specifically for them. And the reason we're here to give you a Bible is we want you to know, and we want your child to know, that the Bible is the foundation of their life. This is our manual for fulfilling God's purpose in their life. And we entrust to you a Bible for you to give to them. We want you to root them and ground them in God's word. And finally, what we have for you is a handkerchief. And on this handkerchief has that verse, Psalm 139, 16, that says, All the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And the reason we give you a handkerchief is there's going to come a moment when your child breaks your heart. When they're a teenager or a young adult, they may not choose your values. And they may do things that break your heart. And you will have tears. And this handkerchief is there to dry your tears. But more importantly, it's there to remind you that God is faithful. And that you stood at the altar when they were very, very young. And you committed them to the Lord. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of you. Parents, mom, dad, guardian, 
We celebrate you and your children today. And if you happen to be a step-parent or a grandparent stepping in, we applaud you today. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you for stepping in. Thank you for being willing. And if you happen to be a single parent, we have your back. We have your back. God loves you. And we as a community, we want to stand with you and help you as you raise your child to know who Jesus is. Now, parents, this is the moment for us to dedicate our children unto the Lord. And I'm going to invite the audience to stand. And I want to invite you to extend your hands. Extend your hands to these parents and these children. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we come to you and we begin as parents to dedicate ourselves to you first and foremost. You've challenged us today to give them over to you. You've challenged us to raise them right. You've challenged us to bring them to to your house. And I pray, Lord, that you would give these parents wisdom. You'd give them anointing. You give them insight. You give them patience. You give them everything that they need to fulfill the assignment that you put before them. Empower them, Holy Spirit. Give them words. Give them insight. Give them the capacity to raise their children to fully know who you are. And for these children that they are holding right now, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would superintend over their life, that you would put your hand of protection over their life. God, that at a very young age, that they will come to know you as Jesus and Savior. They will make that decision, that most important decision. And at a very young age, that they would have a sensitivity and a willingness and an openness to your Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the thing that changes everything. And God, as they grow up in in elementary, middle school, and high school, that you would guide their decisions and their choices. Protect them. Guard their mind and their heart and their spirit. Lord, I ask, I ask that as they step out of high school, that you would guide them onto your path whether it is to step into the job field or to go to the military or to go to college, I pray, Lord, that you would guide those decisions. Guide them as they step out into the workforce. Guide them as they make decisions on who they're gonna marry. Guard their heart. Let them find someone who is passionate about you and they would choose a partner who loves you more than they love each other. And God, if... You tarry and you give them children. Allow them to stand at an altar just like this to commit their children unto you. God, you've given us children and so we give them back to you because they belong to you. Help us be effective stewards. Help us be effective stewards, God. We entrust them to you because they belong to you. Empower us in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Parents, we celebrate with you. We're here to support you. We're here to encourage you. God bless you. We love you. To all of you, thank you for being here and celebrating with these families. God bless you. And we are dismissed. (laughs) 